Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Today, we're going to talk about generational pattern changes, which is exactly the right conversation to have before Thanksgiving dinner. Buckle up and let's go. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. I am very excited today to have a conversation about generational patterns and generational cycle breaking. Welcome, Lindsay. (laughs) Hello, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit who you are? Because it's always good to hear it in your own voice. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so my name is Lindsay Retzloff. Um, I'm currently a working mom coach and a speaker. So I feel like my mission is to help create safe environments and healthy minds. Um, I have a background as a psychotherapist. So I've really learned a lot about what barriers kind of come up for people in all different um you know, all different uh, walks of life and experiences. Yeah. And I'm very passionate about helping people move through life and kind of create the life that they might be afraid to, um, to live, but that they also really deserve to live. So what made you look for these blocks? Was it motherhood? How did you get it started on this path? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I... I did a lot of personal growth work myself. Um, I had some mental health issues myself that I was working through when I was in my 20s. And being able to go through therapy myself and work through some of anxiety issues that were a huge part for me made me realize how much our belief systems play a part in whether or not we are going to complete that next goal or even advance or kind of put ourselves out there a little bit. And then obviously working as a therapist too, I get to see those thought patterns yeah. and those blocks that show up for people and um you know kind of incorporating different interventions and things along those lines. It's it's so rewarding to see people move through that. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And I'm like, I always knew you could. Woohoo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So where do the blocks come from? Mm -hmm. It's a really good question. So we can start by thinking about our, our belief systems as mainly 
influenced by our environment. So let's say, for example, I have a belief, maybe it was from my own experience, that people are mistrustful. Okay. Um, maybe it was a, a trauma. Um, maybe it was something that I was going through in work. Mm-hmm. If I experience a situation, I develop a belief system around it. So yeah. in this example, people are mistrustful. They can't be trusted. I continue to go through life and the way that I view the world is how it's it's my reality. Yeah. So our perceptions dictate our reality. Okay. So I very much would believe that people are mistrustful and it's going to cause me to behave in a certain way. So obviously when you think about that, it's experiences that we go through often as a child. Okay. And then it's experiences that um, others might have gone through that are starting to then work their way into my own or, or, or the children's belief system. Gotcha. So things like your mom or your dad or a grandparent mm-hmm. experienced, I mean, that changes how they see the world, which then changes how they let you help you see the world. Absolutely. Yes. And a big part of that, if if someone doesn't have a lot of um, maybe awareness of those belief systems or like internal states, like their emotions or their thoughts, yeah, they can be passing these these thoughts, these belief systems down generations without even really being aware of it. Okay, you mentioned trauma. Can you tell me how you define trauma? Because I know yes. there's a lot of confusion about that nowadays. It is a word that's thrown around a lot for sure. Yes. So trauma by definition in the DSM, which is just um, a diagnostic criteria book that we use as clinicians in mental health, they classic trauma is considered something that is like a sexual assault, um, a car accident, Something where you feel like your life was threatened. Okay, okay? so a pretty big catastrophic Correct. event. Correct. So with that being said, we also know that we can we kind of use the term complex PTSD to describe things like generational traumas because they they show up in very similar ways. You'll hear some people refer to it as like big T traumas. Okay. Yeah. Or little T traumas. And I want to make sure that anyone listening, people will, if you've experienced a trauma, sometimes you're not really believed yeah. if you've experienced it. So I don't want people to hear little T trauma and think that I'm minimizing their experience because that is not at all what I'm doing. All I'm saying from a clinician standpoint is sometimes we process it different. So someone who's experienced complex PTSD may not have to go through the exact same treatment as someone who has gone through a big T trauma or more the classic 
you know, gotcha. examples that we experience. Okay. That's good to know because as mm-hmm. I scroll social media nowadays, like those words are just thrown out there all yes. the time. And I'm like, okay, I know who I need to ask and she's coming on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you. Okay. So these Patterns that our parents and grandparents have, um, aunts and uncles, just all the adults we interact with probably as kids, they can have these patterns and from their own experiences. And and then we kind of inherit that. So what do we do? What do we do, Lindsay? Because there are some things I know I want to be like my family of origin like. And then there are other things I was like, yeah, I don't like I don't really want to repeat that one. Yes. So the first step, and you're you're alluding to that, is knowing how you want to parent, how you want to show up in the world, and identifying those differences, not from a place of blame, because I, I really truly believe No, just that out every- of curiosity, yeah, right? Yep. Like, hey, yeah. that happened to me, or this was like the soup I marinated in, but I don't really want this mental t- chatter being passed down. A simple yeah, example yeah. in my family, right? And probably for a lot of people in my generation is um just the diet culture differences of how I talk to my kids about food and health and bodies versus um, attending Weight Watcher meetings side by side with my mom, just in the audience, right? But like soaking it all in. That is a great example. Yes. So yeah, you want to have awareness and this is kind of why, or this is how I developed the framework that I use to help moms because the first part, and it's called the clear method to renewed living. The first part is that C, you need to have continuous awareness of what your belief system is, what you're feeling. So that would be step one. Okay. The second is kind of learning different ways. So like you're alluding to, like with the Weight Watchers example, mm-hmm. if that's, if you don't want to do what your mom did, well, then we got to learn a new way. So what is the healthy way or what is the healthier way or the way you want to parent? Right. So learning. Yeah. I had to go get books from libraries, right? Exactly. And watch YouTube videos and listen to podcasts. And mm-hmm. Yep. And then E is... um excuse me, in, um, to engage. So okay. you want to actually start engaging. And maybe that means like being around more like-minded people. If you're hanging around a lot of parents who are parenting the way you don't want to, it's going to be really hard to change your pattern. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And then A is applying. So after you've learned these new things, how are you actually applying it? Because we can all learn things, but never apply it. And then we're <laughs> yep. not going to see much change, right? Um, and then the last part is R, which is for reflect. Okay. So life is ever changing. You know, there's going to be maybe new, new parenting styles that come out or, or whatever it is. Um, our life situations change. Our schedules are make more chaotic. Or our kids just show us more of who they are, right? Instead exactly. of our assumptions of who they are. Yes. So we have to keep reflecting on ourselves and the environment and kind of adjust to it. Okay. Yep. So I'll give one, one good example. And again, this is, this is such a, a passion of mine because of that awareness piece. Yeah. I think of awareness on a continuum, you know, on the, maybe the left-hand side is someone who doesn't have much awareness of their thoughts or their, their emotions. 
And then people over on the right have just tons of insight. They can just really see all these different patterns. And it doesn't matter where you are on this. It just matters that you're starting to move forward and over to the right a little bit more. Okay. So one good example with um, generational patterns would be like anxiety. Yeah. So if someone has a, a, um, a parent who is just more anxious... Yeah, they might develop these patterns as well. And a good a good example or indicator might be when your kid is about to go close to the steps, mm-hmm. you're obviously worried they're going to fall. So your reaction is, oh, my gosh, no, back away. Watch out. Right. Mm-hmm. What that what that tone and that message is, is anxiety. Gotcha. So you're communicating and passing along this anxious, this anxious state of being. Okay. As opposed to maybe something different like, hey, watch where your foot is. Where is your foot in relation to that step? Where you're teaching something more like body awareness and yeah. mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sound completely different. Like yes. your breathing is different when you're saying yes. the words. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So even little examples like that, because I, I feel when you, when we say we're going to break generational trauma patterns, right? Well, like, just, oh. I'm a generational cycle breaker, hashtag <laughs> cycle breaker. I mean, it's all over the internet people. It, it really like, I'm like, really? Yeah. What are, well, what are you breaking? Like, are we right. breaking plates? Like, what are we breaking? Yeah. Not using China? Like, what are we breaking? <laughs> And it can feel so overwhelming and it doesn't have to be. It can be as simple as what is the tone you're using with your kids? You know, what, what, um, you know, back to the weight example, Yeah. what are you saying in front of your kids and how is that helping shape the world that they're living in? Right. And like little... I, I made a personal commitment to like not say negative things about my body in front of the mirror. Yep. Like that was so simple to decide like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing my mom try in dresses and then saying things about different parts of your body. My kids are never going to have that experience. Exactly. And I don't always Huge have to difference. like my body. I can just be like neutral towards it, but I don't have to like say it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And those quote unquote little things, right? Yeah. Build up over time and you're just doing a huge, huge, um, benefit for the child. And that's how you break these cycles. You know, okay. another example might be, um, if grandma experienced, um, some sort of trauma, mm-hmm. maybe she, you know, has mistrust with people. So, the the parent might the parent now might yeah. start you know hearing grandma say things like you know oh watch out for that person or be careful what you say to that person you're you're helping that child shape their world into ooh i shouldn't be vulnerable and i have to be really careful who i talk to mm-hmm. so the belief system is there and then the other thing is how does it come out in the behavior So now maybe this child having that belief system that the world's a little dangerous, maybe they start acting a little bit more cold. They learn to be a little bit more cold, not as 
vulnerable. They don't share much about themselves. And that, if we think about that behavior, might make them not as comfortable making new friends Mm -hmm. or other people don't feel as comfortable talking to that child because it's like, well, I don't know much about this kid because they don't really talk much about themselves. So all of these things play. And the only way to really break them is through this awareness and doing something about it. Because if we don't do anything about it, our belief system doesn't shift. And it sounds like it's so good to be affirmed that like the things that you're going to do about it may seem small, but like all the time, small things. Yes, absolutely. And you can build on them, you know, and that's, that's again, where that continuum comes in. You're not going to wake up today, listen to this podcast and go, I have it all figured out. Right. (laughs) Right. But yeah. But then if you just notice one thing every day and maybe you start going to, you know, if, I mean, if, especially if you have like, you know, anxiety disorder or, you know, something diagnosable, you want to get help for that. Absolutely. Someone to help, you know, uh, increase. Don't just listen to a podcast. Find the new resources, use your insurance if you have it, right? Find the people. Yes. Yes. So another one of these patterns that I sometimes get asked about, right, is that like a kid is out with grandma and the mom is helping her son feel more feelings. And grandma says something like, well, that's not something to cry about. (laughs) Yes. So what do you do? Like you're working on it, but then your kids, you still want your parents to have a relationship with your kids. So what do you do, Lindsay? That's a really, really good question. <laughs> um, th- I think there could be a few answers depending on the situation and how comfortable people feel with challenging that. Uh-huh. But I think, you know, a good place to start is again, being very clear on what messages you want your child to hear, you know, again, d- with the safety of the relationship, right. trying to challenge that. So maybe a statement might be, actually, we, we allow, you know, little Tommy to cry when he's upset. And, you know, that's a healthy thing for us to do. Even if grandma doesn't change her opinion, yes, it's going to be frustrating Uh because that statement might still come up, but we only can control us, right? So we can control how we respond to grandma and think about like if that little kid heard mom or dad stand up for them, that's another huge message that they're communicating. It's okay, again, to express my need. As opposed to, oh, don't say that around grandma or don't cry around grandma. Now we're, you know, starting yeah. to say a whole nother message. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You don't want to start that, that snowball yep. effect of having different roles for different people, just a uh, people please. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Now I'm going to think about things a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. You go journal. You need awareness. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, what are the the benefits of changing it for me? Like, if I step in, like, am I receiving a benefit besides you know helping my kid, like protecting my kid from this thought pattern? Hopefully, is there also a benefit for me with changing it? Yes. I yes. I will. Okay. So, I'll share a personal story. When I was in middle school, I was in Spanish class 
And I was always an anxious kid. I did not want other people to notice me. That made my anxiety go up. I wanted to be kind of in the back. Yeah. And there was this middle schooler boy who who kind of bullied and picked on me a little bit. And he came over to me. I was just working on an assignment. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of my back, I felt this pressure. And I, I kind of like moved my yeah. shoulder blades back. And in absolute horror, realized that he had stuck a magnet to my bra. <gasps> right? Middle school girl. Uh, Worst yes. thing ever, right? I was completely mortified. And experiences like that for a long time shaped how I viewed myself. I I was different. Like, why else would this kid pick on me, right? Right. Not I, I wasn't saying things like, well, that kid's a bully. And it's all right. You weren't problem, labeling right? him. You were only right. labeling it was, yourself. It was all me. So to your to your point, to yeah. another question. When we can break even our own belief systems of ourselves or the world, we are happier people. You know, and then obviously, like we've already talked about, you're creating an environment for your family where those types of belief systems won't come up. And if they do, because kids, you know, our kids are going to think what they think, you have the ability to not be triggered and you can work through that by sharing your own experience. Where again, if someone hasn't done the self-work on a lot of these things, it might be really anxiety producing or even shameful to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you're missing out on opportunities to help your kids grow through, through those, through those things as well. So you're definitely benefiting yourself because I don't, I don't think of myself that way anymore. <laughs> yeah. And proof is I never would have been on a podcast because I didn't <laughs> think I had anything to say. Right? And you do. It's so valuable. Yeah. <laughs> right. So this work, I, that's why I love this work because it just, it, it can change people's lives and it can change the family's life, you know, to have these really safe, um, safe environments where people can be open and honest. Okay. I love that. So when you unpack a belief, um, when you find it and think about it, or you're triggered by your kid. Um, so the first step is the clarity that something happens. Like what happens if like, um, my kid comes home and they share something about like, I don't know, the one that triggers me all the time is like being late on assignments. And then like, I get all this anxiety that I don't want to put on them because I know that I don't want to, but like I get triggered and then I want to micromanage them. So how do I help change this? Yes. Great question. So I want them to take responsibility and to feel empowered, but I want to trust them. Yes. So one example and there could be a lot of different reasons why of that might become <laughs> yeah. an issue for you. Let's just say one example might be um, it was in your household. It was very important and um, it was very important to be like a perfectionist. Like you have to do these things. If you don't, one, there could be a really negative consequence, like someone gets hurt right. or yelled at or whatever. So these messages are being shaped 
So in this example, you have to have things done on time. If you don't, you know, there's, there's, um, anxiety around that. Mm -hmm. One thing is you need to first acknowledge that and know that that's happening. If you don't have any awareness into that happening, there's not going to be anything for you to change. Right. So acknowledging it, here's that moment where I really want to nag my kid to do this. Okay, so maybe you take a step back, you use some skills, you breathe, you go into the other room for a moment, and then you can come back. And again, you can ask questions, you know, to maybe get more information. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something else going on. Right. And then... Um, so be curious in the situation. Be curious. Yep. And then you can also allow natural consequences to happen. I think that that's the best way for people to learn. Yeah. (laughs) So if this child doesn't turn in the assignment, okay, well, maybe they don't get, you know, their allowance or they, you know, get a bad grade or or whatever it might be. They're going to learn that the natural way versus here comes mom again, (laughs) nagging me to do this, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but again, I want to highlight how difficult that can be, <laughs> especially if you were raised in a household where there were major consequences if you didn't get things done on time or if the only quality attention you got was praise for doing things. Gotcha. Pr- like in a And that seems like a pretty way. big thing generationally yes. for, um, for us as parents right now. Absolutely. That we were raised on gold stars and self-esteem and everyone gets a trophy. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, is there another example we can talk through? Um, Maybe like a younger kid example. What would be a good one? Ooh, what about if you sit down at dinner and you make a beautiful dinner as a parent or, yeah, that's a good one. And then the kid doesn't want to eat anything at all. And you know how your mom would respond or your dad or your grandma, but you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. So how do you do something like that with a younger kid? Yeah. So maybe instead of you're going to sit here and finish your plate. Yeah. Or you have to have a clean plate in order to leave. Yep. Yeah. So there is definitely different thoughts on um, meal completion and body now than there were years ago. So if that's a way that you want to parent, and even if you're, even if you know you want to parent that way, but it's still difficult to do it again, you need to be aware of what's coming on in your body. Stop that. Take a break. Maybe even tell your body, like, this isn't an emergency. Yeah. I can figure this out. And then you can respond with something like, um, I trust that you know when your body says it's full. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah. I mean, because really, kids are going to eat when they're going to eat. And yeah. They're full humans. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we have to keep de- remembering that they're not us. They're exactly. their own human. Exactly. <laughs> Is there a parenting belief that you've had to work hard to change that d- surprised you? Um, mine was more anxiety based. Um, I think, I think the way that my parents parented was kind of more from this like anxious, like, I don't want anything to hurt you. And I even see that with my kids now. They're still like, Oh, watch out, watch out. And I'm like, they're all right. 
they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, I had this conversation with my mom this morning. Hi, mom. Um, about walking home from school by himself, even though there's like a yes. crowded kid. And she's like, but child abductions. I was like, but statistically, he's safe. <laughs> yes. Like, that is a great point. Statistically, you said. Yeah. <laughs> not a feeling. It's not a feeling or a fear. And that is what's so difficult to challenge. So, like thought challenging some of those things, bringing logic into some of the emotion can really help break those, those patterns as well. Yeah. I had to look it up myself. I was like, oh, so most kids who go missing actually have a family connection. Well, we have no local family. So that's a really low chance anyways. Right. We're eliminating all these things. Right. And again, the fear and the emotion can come back in and say, well, but what about that 1% chance or even less? And we have to go, yes, I hear you. And I'm still making this choice based on facts and evidence, not just pure emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big thing because there's a lot of movement, right? I was looking online and like people are putting Apple Air tags on their kids to track them. And I was like, okay. Like, I want my kids to trust that the universe has got their back, that they're going to be supported by community. So when I think about the values I want them to have, that helps me push back on the things that block me. Yes. You know, and also to your point, too, like you can you can take your energy and put it towards things that are going to make them safe, like. Do you know your address? Do you know your phone number? (laughs) Right. Who would you go to if you were lost? Like those are things that, yeah, obviously we have to teach our kids, but it's, it's the difference between being run by values and fear. Okay. So looking up facts helps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is there another way to push back on fear besides saying, oh, this is fear? (laughs) Like maybe just noticing and naming. Yeah. So. You're kind of doing two things. Okay. And you can fact check your, your challenging thoughts. Yep. And then the other one, and this is where, if this is really, if any of your listeners are hearing this and they're like, Ooh, I could never do that. That's a cue that maybe a a mental health professional might be needed. Okay. I appreciate this. Yeah. yeah, What I was going to say is fear and anxiety go away if we let them go away. Okay. So unless you're not ruminating on, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to let my kid walk to the the bus stop by themselves. Oh my gosh. But what if this happens and this happens? Anxiety won't go away when we're worrying and ruminating on things. But if you just allow yourself to kind of breathe, anxiety will go down. Okay. So the whole point, and this is kind of getting into like exposure therapy, is you want to be able to fight the anxiety and the fear. The more you do that, as opposed to avoid, gotcha. you will work through it. Okay. That's just good information to have in your head anyways. Yes, There's is. so much avoidance of fear. Absolutely. And so much yeah. avoidance of anxiety. I'm, my older two kids are 17 and 15 and being teenagers right at the start of the pandemic, like now they've got different anxiety about like talking to strangers at the cashier, right? Because yeah, right. at 13, that's when they should have been exploring that. And now and then, yes. and then they got shut down at home. Yep. Yeah. And 
reminding them too that yes, that feels so uncomfortable. We don't like anxiety. We don't like fear. But if we continue to avoid it, we're almost conditioning ourselves to be anxious in that situation forever. Like it's saying you should be. Where if you challenge it and work through it, even in small steps, you will start to lower your anxiety. Okay. Another golden nugget here. Well, what else would you like a mom to know about generational patterns and changing before we wrap up our conversation? I just want everyone to, because I know mom guilt is real. So, so real. For myself as well. And I want everyone to understand that every person on earth has negative beliefs, negative schema beliefs, uh, varying degrees of generational trauma. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not defective. You're not completely messing up your kid, right? Bravo. Yeah. Like it's part of just being a human. Absolutely. Like hair color and eye color, like these things get passed down. Yes. Yeah. And if you are uncomfortable with something that is, you know, how you're behaving or how you're communicating with your kid, there are answers and there are ways to change. And again, it doesn't have to be this big, scary, overwhelming thing. You can fit this into your schedule. Absolutely. I found that the the more I'm trying to change something that feels hard, the littler steps are yes. the better for me. Yep. Yep. And and that's that's kind of the basis of like habit formation too. You got to start even imperfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it builds. Just a little tiny bit. Yep. Little tiny bit. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. I have a question for you. As you're helping other people and parenting, how are you taking care of yourself? What's your self-care? My self-care is I like to do things that I would normally label as luxury. Ooh. So occasionally I'll get a hotel to myself. Just that I'm more of an introvert anyway. Yeah. So having that quiet time to myself without all the noise in the house uh-huh. is really recharging. Or, um, you know, a facial or something like that. That's some things that I just normally wouldn't do. Yeah. I do those luxury things. But then also I have a nighttime routine where I just shut my bathroom door and I do you know, I take my makeup off yeah. or whatever it is, and it's just very quiet and calming. And that's kind of what I do. I it like helps. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little tiny things like yeah, making, taking your makeup off, like a way to take care of yourself. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Very cool. A hotel alone is always what I asked for for Mother's Day as an introverted mom, too. So let's normalize that. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Like, okay, there a is a whole band of moms <laughs> that just need some quiet space. Yes. <laughs> okay. So how are you having fun as a mom? How are you having fun as a family? We like to change up the environment. Okay. So... You know, it's, you know, we got, you know, daycare and school and all of these finances. It's easy. It was really easy for me to get stuck in this. I have to plan this lavish trip 
in order for my kids to have a wonderful time and they have great memories. Yeah. And that's so not necessary. (laughs) So what we do is we change the environment up. So maybe we eat dinner in the back of the car with the trunk open. I gotcha. Love it. Yeah. Or we got a little trampoline in the back. So we eat dinner on the trampoline. They absolutely love it. And you, you know, that, yeah. Like what novelty. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So just changing up the environment is huge for us. And it gives us a lot more ideas and like creativity. Very to cool. Break up the, you know, day after day. Of, which seems like the same <laughs> totally <thing>. does. And, <laughs> and, and as a, to share this one, right. Cause I talked about my own anxiety about my kids and homework. One of my kids used to sit in a dry bathtub to do their homework is what she decided, right? Like she also needed (laughs) to rotate where she was doing things. Um, Yes. To to get a break from people, to be in a different space, to be uninterrupted, like the bathroom, no one was going to come in. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So chase novelty as a family. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. I am so glad that you are here on Earth and you've always been exactly the right mom for your kids. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And tell me one more time where people can find you online. Yeah, um, you can go to my website, which is lindsayretzloff.com. I'm sure it'll be. It will be in the show notes for sure. Yeah, I'm also, <laughs> you don't have to uh, worry about the spelling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you. If there's one takeaway here from this episode, it's that you get to be fully human and you can choose awareness and you can try new things and you've always been exactly the right mom for your kids. Please reach out to Lindsay or whoever you need to. If you need mental health professionals to work through anxiety and fear, Give that gift to yourself. We're glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And I hope you have a really great day. Don't forget, it always helps if you leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.